Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hey girl, I am so excited for our topic today. It is about something that plagues me and probably plagues you too. In fact, the number one thing that I see interfere with purpose and living your purpose is self-doubt. Not believing that you can do it, right? That voice inside of your head that says, who am I to write a book? Or let's say you want to start doing workshops. Well, who would want to listen to me? Maybe you want to own your own business and your brain is telling you it's ridiculous to think that I could own my own business. I don't have anything to offer. They won't give me a promotion. And the list goes on and on of all the things that your brain tells us. And the research shows that this is actually worse for us as women. And today's podcast is all about putting that to an end for us all. My guest today is an expert on the topic of self-confidence and how to conquer self-doubt. In fact, her book is called Wire Your Brain for Confidence, The Science of Conquering Self-Doubt. And with me today, I have Louisa Jewell. Louisa, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Karen. It's so great to be talking to you. Always love to talk to you. I love talking to you, too. And for those of you out there, Louisa is, you know, all just in all transparency here, she is a dear friend of mine. She also is a colleague. She is a speaker and an author and Canada's leading expert in the topic of positive psychology, the science of human flourishing that I've talked about on previous episodes. In fact, she has facilitated thousands of people toward flourishing in their work and their personal lives. She was the founder of the Canadian Positive Psychology Association. She has her master's degree in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. She is a professor at the University of Texas, and she has spoken around the globe, having been featured in Forbes and The Globe and The Toronto Star and The Huffington Post, and the list goes on and on. So, Louisa, I'm so glad that you're here because, you know, I've been on a quest to write a book and you've helped me so much conquer self-doubt and you're still helping me. So let's talk about why do we have self-doubt? I mean, can't we just get rid of it? Like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first of all, you don't want to totally get rid of self-doubt. You know, a little bit of self-doubt is okay because a little little bit of self-doubt kind of protects us, right? It says... You know, wait, have, are you sure you've studied enough? Or are you sure you've researched enough? Are you, you know, are you sure you've spoken to the right people, right? And a little bit of that can push us towards higher levels of performance, right? And it's also normal if we haven't tried anything new. Like, if you've never written a book before, of course you're going to have self-doubt. You know, that that's totally normal. Where self-doubt is a problem is when it's chronic right so now you've been doing stuff for years and you still doubt yourself and you still come home every night and question everything you've done and you ruminate over everything you've done or you're highly accomplished 
And you say things like, well, who am I to go after that board position? And meanwhile, you have six university degrees and, you know, uh, and are highly accomplished. You know, that's when you really have to question, is self-doubt holding me back? Is it chronic? And if it is chronic, then you want to get rid of that because it just causes anxiety. I always thought that self-confidence and happiness went hand in hand because when you move forward with things that you really want without anxiety and stress and resistance, then you start to create a life that you really want, a life that is authentically yours. And so if you need to remove that self-doubt to, to bring yourself to a place that is really incredible as you and as you do living your life with purpose right that sometimes that takes confidence to do that and then when you can break down those barriers then life becomes magical and amazing and most people I know who are on this purpose journey self-doubt has become chronic or at least is getting in the way and you're right when you can remove the self-doubt or release it. I love your word magical because then it's like you're attracting in. You know, if you have a dream of something, I firmly believe that it's meant to happen, right? You're only given dreams that are truly meant to happen. If it's in you that you're, you know, you see yourself, oh, I've always wanted to run a marathon, then that is something you're supposed to do even if you've never run one mile before. It's just a matter of believing that you can and then taking the action, which becomes, like you said, so much easier. And it's almost like then the universe is behind you when, when you remove that kind of plaque of self-doubt, that, that layer and those obstacles. But it doesn't yeah. seem so easy, right? No. It, it doesn't seem so easy. So let's go on the other side to confidence. So, so self, there's self-doubt that gets in the way of our confidence. So let's talk about that. What is confidence? Well, so confidence is really believing in your capabilities uh, in a certain direction, so in a certain domain. You know, so I talk about a certain action-oriented kind of confidence in my book, known in the scientific area as self-efficacy. So self-efficacy is really your belief that you can be successful in any particular domain. And the reason why I wanted to talk specifically about that kind of confidence is because, you know, I've been a confident person my whole life, really. You know, like I've gone after things, but I stopped myself from playing a bigger game. I stopped myself from doing the things that I really want to do. I stopped myself from going after my goals because I didn't, I was saying the same things. Who am I, you know, oh, you know, who would ever want to hear a workshop, you know, or a keynote from me? What do I have to say? All the things that you mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast, right? I had all of those voices in my head as well. So I thought there must be something more than, just overall confidence. And when I discovered the research of uh, Albert Bandura on self-efficacy, I realized it's self-efficacy that I have to increase in order for me to be able to go after my bigger goals and dreams. So, so because to me, confidence without action gets you nowhere. So I really wanted to learn how do I use confidence to get me into action? And what kind of confidence is that about? 
Um, and so then I, that's kind of the formula that I put together in the book. And once I started to learn that, then I started to go after everything I wanted without that resistance, without that self-doubt. And that, to me, was really the, the kind of confidence that I wanted. Beautiful. So let's talk about then and define the difference between general self-confidence and self-efficacy. So general self-confidence is a feeling that, you know, you kind of feel capable, um, you know, in, in kind of, you know, most areas in your life, you kind of feel like you can handle life and cope with life. Self-efficacy is very domain-specific. Self-efficacy says, do I believe that I can be successful in this particular domain? So, for example, if I'm writing a book, if I want to write a book, do I believe that I can be successful at writing a book? Now, if I don't believe that I can be successful writing a book, then I'm probably not going to engage in the behaviors necessary to make that happen. Or there will be some resistance. Or there will be a lack of motivation. You know, in psychological terms, motivation is just what gets our brains to behave in certain ways that we want to go, right? Mm -hmm. What what intrinsically motivates us? Now, we know, for example, that competence intrinsically motivates us. So when I'm good at something, if you say to me, Louisa, can you go make a lasagna for me? I say, absolutely, Karen. When do you want it, right? There's no resistance. Right? I, yeah, I'm good at it. It's been confirmed. I'm good at it. I'm, and I will like, give you was, my address to send me one. Okay. okay. You're getting me hungry, Louisa. <laughs> my, my Sicilian mother taught me well in that area. I'll you know, you a, a lasagna for some matzo balls or something. Yeah, okay, there we go. Thank you. That would be great. That would be great. So, so... You know, there's no resistance, right? Now suddenly somebody asks you to do something and you've never done it before. You have no clue how it's going to turn out. A bunch of people are going to be tasting, you know, this dish that you've just been asked. And you're, you're saying, geez, I, I don't think I can do that. There's resistance, right? And that, again, that's with anything. There's resistance. So you want to eliminate that resistance any way you can. Um, so that you can move forward. We call, you know, we call it really a self-fulfilling prophecy. You have a belief and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I just bought a, a shirt today that says, I will see it when I believe it. Mm. And, I, and the science behind that really is that once you have a belief, yes, I can do it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you engage in the behaviors necessary to make it happen. You, you remove that resistance. Exactly. And I love this because self-fulfilling prophecy we usually use in the negative, right? Where you think, oh, who am I to go for that board position? And then because you don't believe in yourself, you don't take the action of seeking out who the other board members are or you don't put together a good platform or whatever it might be or you skip the meeting that you were supposed to go to and then you say, see, well, it didn't work out. It wasn't going to work out. What I love about this is we're saying to that you can also have a self-fulfilling prophecy in the positive. 
you know, I believe that this can happen. I know that this is going to happen. I know I'm going to get that board position. I'm perfect for that board position. I have so much to offer now that makes you motivated, right? And want to reach out, want to attend the meetings, want to, want to give. So self-efficacy, you know, as we're talking about the difference between confidence and, and efficacy, I love this idea too of domain specific because very often I hear from women who seem to have it all together, right? Everything in life. In fact, I just got an email this morning from a woman who is in the UK and she said, on paper, my life looks perfect. I have a quote unquote, great job. I've got a great husband. I've got two healthy kids. I shouldn't complain about anything. And yet it feels like something's missing and and she went on to talk about purpose and not having the confidence toward this other idea and dream that she has and the question is well how can I feel so good and confident in my in my job and with my kids and all these things but not in this dream and what you're saying and this makes perfect sense is that it is domain specific and it actually seems like it hurts us if we try to make the the one specific area of self-doubt, if you blanket that, then to the rest of your life, you're actually hurting yourself in other areas, it would seem. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. one of the things I see and it is so interesting, you know, research now is showing that women have so much um, less confidence than men. There was a research study, I'm sure that, that you've seen, um, it looks like out of the University of California in Davis, Bleedorn, Dr. Bleedorn and, and Associates, where they interviewed almost a million people, men and women, ages 16 to 45 from 48 different countries. And it was found that gender differences in self-esteem and self-confidence, that the gap, the gap between how little women think of themselves compared to how highly men think of themselves grows in more developed countries, which which blew my mind. So why is yeah. it that us women in particular seem to have more self-doubt? Okay, so here here's my theory on this. And if you take a look at some of the research, uh, you'll see that younger women especially, they are finding that younger women feel that they need to be excellent in many different domains of their lives. So whereas men kind of say, all right, I want to be the provider. I want to be, you know, good at my career. Um, You know, I want to maybe be healthy and fit. And they're kind of good with that, right? Or whatever, you know, the few domains may be for them. Women instead, because we've now opened ourselves up to so many more different opportunities for women, right? If you think about kind of the normal things that women did 200 or 300 years ago, it was very defined, right? We knew our roles in society, right? Now, what is our role? Am I, you know, so I could be a career woman, I could be a stay-at-home mom. I could be single, married, you know, um, uh, I can be a philanthropist. I can be, um, you know, volunteering in my community. Um, Oh, also, I need to be thin. That's critical for me to be thin all the time, have no wrinkles, even though I'm 52. And, um, and, 
perfectly manicured fingernails. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Exactly. I have to be, you know, the rock star in the bedroom and I have to be, um, you know, Martha Stewart when I'm entertaining. I mean, it's crazy. It's really when you think about it, we have way too many domains that we believe we need to not only be good at, not even be excellent at, we have to be perfect at all of these things. And if we're not perfect at all of these things, then we are failing. We're failing. So, of course, if we think we have to be excellent in all of these domains, how we're, we're always going to have self-doubt because we're already, always going to say, I am not good enough. You know, I walk into, I have a girlfriend that has a home that is spectacular. I mean, spectacular. It is well-appointed, beautiful. Everything is like beautifully decorated. Um, I do not have a home like that. You know, and for years, I always thought, oh, I don't want people to come to my house. I do, or if they do, I have to do the Lucy Ricardo kind of, you know, um, cleaning up, right? And the kids would always say, Mom, are people coming over? I'd be like, yes, they're coming over, and that's why I'm cleaning the house. That's do you know what I mean? everything into a closet. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? And so, it, so it's really, you know, and after a while, I thought, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm doing other stuff. I'm, you know, starting the, uh, the Canadian Positive Psychology Association took up all of my time, mm -hmm. you know, running your own business, taking care of your kids. I mean, it's way too much. And so I just decided, like, I'm not going to be good at housework. I mean, you know, I don't want to be a 10 at housework. You know, and I, I talk about this concept in the book or I call it peace at six. Um, it's an exercise that I have people do. And I and, and I get people to decide where do you want to be a 10 mm -hmm. and choose only a few domains of your life where you're going to be a 10 and then just decide you're not going to be a 10 in everything else. You may still want to engage in it. You still want to be good in it, but do not beat yourself up. If you're not a 10, you know, I would love it if Martha Stewart came into my house and, you know, did all these magical things to my place. Um, I just don't, you know, have the energy for that. And I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm going to be peaceful mm -hmm. that, you know, my house isn't the greatest looking place in the world. It's full of love. And you'll always get a good piece of lasagna if I make <laughs> lasagna that day. But, um, you know, it's just not the fancy, you know, Martha Stewart style um, place. And again, I got to be okay with that because otherwise I will always be driving myself crazy. Right. I love, I love this concept of peace at six. And when I read it in the book, you know, first that doubt voice in my head said, we can't give that up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was picking my, you know, my, my three domains and one of the things I said to myself is, it's okay if right now that's a six, perhaps at some other point in my life, that will be a 10, and then another area will become a six. And it's it's so smart because we are trying to be, forget a 10, we're trying to be a 12 in yeah. 14 different areas of life, and it's not working. I mean, we know that women are so much more depressed than men, and we know that we're all trying to be perfect and and all of it is not working. So let's talk about when you have a domain where you really do want to increase your confidence, right? And that voice is telling you, I can't do it, right? One of my favorite, favorite stories from your book is when you were applying for a job at IBM. 
and <laughs> and the panic that you got into. And this was many years ago, right? This was like a first job yes. out of college, and this was something yeah. that you wanted so badly. Yes, and you were freaking yourself out. So yes. Well, I was okay. Let me tell the story. story. Yeah. Okay. So, so yes. So I, I already got the job at IBM, but I, but they put me through sales training. So, so on the, my very first day of the job and I, and I had um, competed against 1200 other applicants. So I was like chosen, you know, five people out of like 1200 applicants. So I was so happy to have this job. But then when I got there on my first day, they actually, you know, plunked down all these boxes of books uh, and textbooks all on technical computer stuff. And I have a business degree. And they said, listen, you have to learn everything that's in these boxes. And we're, you're going to have an exam on them on the first day of your sales training in three weeks. And um, and if you don't get uh, like a certain mark, um, then, then, you know, you, we might fire you. And I was like, what? So I, so on the day that I was leaving to write the exam, I was freaking out because I didn't know if I knew all this stuff. It was so technical. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. I'm so, you know, anxious. And I was still living at home at the time because I was right out of college then. And my mom stops me and she says, well, are you crying? I said, yeah, mom, you know, I, I'm really worried because if I don't pass this exam, you know, they might fire me. I'm going to lose my job. And and she looks at me straight in the eye and she goes, so, so what? And I, I looked at her like, what? Is my, has my mom gone crazy? Like, what does she mean? So what? Like, what do you mean? So what? And she said, Louisa, look, you know. IBM hired you because they really liked you and she said, you know, if they don't want you, I'm sure there's lots of other companies that want to hire you. And I thought, yeah, you know what? She's right. It's not the end of the world. You know, it's not the end of the world. If they do fire me, I'm sure there's lots of other companies. I'm still living at home, so it's not like I'm going to be homeless. Or, you know, it just kind of put it all into perspective as to, yeah, like, so what? You know, so sometimes that's, it's so powerful. Like, like for example, um, when I thought about, you know, writing the book, for example, right? I thought about what if you get criticism, right? And it was so powerful to say, so what? Like, so what if you get criticized? Like, you don't think the best people in the world don't get criticized? Like, you don't think Oprah gets criticized or, you know, um, Sean Acor or all these, like, I'm sure everybody, even though they're doing amazing things, I'm sure they, everybody gets criticized. So, so what? Like, there's something just so powerful to take something that, seems so huge to you mm-hmm. and you just go yeah so yeah, what so what <laughs> I, I, I love it that part of your book for me it is um, earmarked it's underlined it's circled there's a star next to it because that, that's something that my brain needs it, to remember the so what when I get afraid to try something so how do we right saying so what is one way to just take action and and I love this. Also realizing that your heroes, right? Oprah, Deepak Chopra, you know, presidents of countries all are criticized, yes. whether they're wonderful or, or not. Um, 
how do we wire our brain for confidence so that we can take these steps? Okay. So first of all, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, you really, you're going to see it when you believe it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, if you're thinking about writing a book and you're stopping yourself, you might have this belief in your brain that, you know, whatever the beliefs are that are stopping you from moving forward, right? So, and some people say, oh, well, just change your belief, right? So if you just change your belief into a positive belief, you're going to have more of that positive self-fulfilling prophecy but that's not so easy to do because you could sort of say to yourself oh yeah I'm going to believe that I can write a book but meanwhile your brain is going yeah right right like (laughs) your brain's going "Mm -hmm, yeah good one good affirmation but I actually don't believe it right especially if you've had three four decades because your second grade teacher said you're a terrible writer or because you know when I when I wanted to be a writer in college my dad said I actually wanted to be a poet. My dad said, poets don't make any money, right? So my 19-year-old brain is in my 43-year-old head and kind of says those things. So we've got decades, decades of that voice. Yes, exactly, exactly. So what you need to do, so one tool that can be really helpful to do something like this is to... Say to yourself, okay, so if you say to yourself, well, I don't think I can write a book, or who am I to write a book, right? Well, what is a different belief that if you had that belief, you would start writing the book? So when you think about it, let's just use that as an example. What would be a belief in your head that if you really had that belief, you would say, damn it, I would start writing that book tomorrow? Are we using me as an example? Yeah. Okay, just great. Say it. So just say it. if I had the belief that it was going to change lives, even better, if I had the belief that it was going to get me on Super Soul Sunday, I would write that book yesterday. Just <laughs> okay, to be honest, okay. right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's say, let's say, let's have that. If I had that belief that I'm going to write that book. It's going to change lives, and I'm going to be on Super Soul Sunday. And you really believed that. Mm-hmm. That's the belief. Is that the belief that you need to start writing this book? It, it might be the belief that I need to start writing this book. But, well, I've already started. But the, if I knew that it was going to be well received is really okay. is really what it comes down to for me. Okay. So if you thought, you know what, I absolutely know 100% that this book is going to be really well received. I know that everything's going to be fine. I'm going to start moving into the behaviors necessary to make all of this happen. Okay, so you have to now find all of the evidence that you have today Mm. that you know it's going to be well received. Mm -hmm. So if I was to do the work for you, you know, I would say things like, I already have programs that are really well received. Done. That's one piece of evidence, right? Uh, I do, I've done retreats for years, that are really well received. There's another piece of evidence. I've written things before that have been really well received. There's another piece of evidence. People tell me every day how much what I do changes their lives. There is another piece of evidence. I have written courses 
where people come back to me and say, wow, like that piece that you wrote for the CAP program is amazing, the best module of our experience. Um, So it's really well received. There's another piece of evidence. Do you see that? Yeah. You see, as you do that. This conversation. Yes. Can you already start to feel that shift? Yeah. Yeah. It's true because my brain and all of our brains, right? You and I both study positive psychology. We have negativity bias where our brain goes negative. My brain has found all of the ways that it would not be well received, right? Yes. Yes. and uses those pieces of evidence to hold me back or to be distracted or to procrastinate or to find something else to do or to keep saying we can't do this. Um, and you need to say so, so what to those. Yes, say so, say what? so what to those. And, and what I'm actually picturing in my mind is um, creating something above my writing desk here where I put all of these other pieces of evidence that are in the positive. I'm a big sticky note girl. So I've got sticky notes in my closet, for example, that have the affirmations that I say to myself every day, as well as all of my big dreams. Like I'm loving my book tour and I love living in Paris and things that I want to do in my life. And so I'm picturing right now and actually looking up from my microphone at the wall above my writing desk to have these sticky notes of the things that you're saying, which are true, right? I'm yeah. asked all the time, when are you writing your book? So right. I already well, have evidence that people will, will 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 receive it. Right. So if you have so if you draw like what I do is I draw a flower, a picture of a flower. So there's the center circle and then there's all the petals around it. So in the center circle you write in the belief that you need to have That's going to move you into action. And that belief is this book is going to be really well received. And then in every petal, you write every piece of evidence that you have. So that when you take a look at that diagram, you not only see that belief every day, this book is going to be really well received. But then if you start slipping, you've got all the pieces of evidence in every petal around it. One piece in every petal. You just write down as much evidence that you have that it's true. Once you're done that, you will find such a shift into that new belief. You will believe it. You know, I had I, I had these beliefs that nobody was going to endorse my book. No big names were going to endorse my book. And I knew I had to change that belief to every big name I approach is going to endorse my book. And then I started to put all the evidence down as to why each of the people that I wanted to approach was going to endorse my book. And in fact, pretty well everyone, with the exception of two people, but everybody else endorsed my book. But I was not getting into action until I I was procrastinating. I thought, oh, you know, they're not going to endorse my book, right? Mm -hmm. Who are they? They're too busy. They're too famous. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. And it wasn't until I did that exercise that I thought, what am I, why am I procrastinating? Go, go, go. It can be a very, very powerful exercise to do. I love this. I love this. I think we're all going to be making flower sticky notes after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We um, make your flower sticky notes, please. And then um, please go to Facebook and post it on my purpose girl group I'd love to see it or email it to me and I'll post it so moving into action 
what are a couple of the keys that we need? I know in the book you talk about social support, you talk about things like masterminds. What are you know two or three pieces of advice you would give that really can move somebody into action? Okay, so really the most powerful thing is to build your competence around something. You know, so again, you've never done it before. You've got to just start doing it. And a lot of people say, yeah, thanks a lot. If I had the confidence, I would start doing it. So thanks for that useless piece of information. But so then I would say to people, make baby steps, right? So, um, you know, so let's say I've never done CrossFit and I can never see myself doing CrossFit. Well, what's a baby step? to CrossFit, you know, maybe you start with yoga first, you know, maybe you start power walking, maybe you start jogging, you know, maybe you start just, you know, um, pumping little five pound, you know, weights in your hand. Um, pardon? Soup cans, you know, just pick yeah, up soup, cans. exactly. Like mm-hmm. just start moving your body a little bit. And then, you know, every month you might try, the next level for you. So it's really about deliberate practice. It's really about saying, how do I take myself to that next level and then keep going until I reach my goal? So sometimes we can take a look at a goal and we can say, CrossFit, there's no way. I'm like Miss Couch Potato, you know, extraordinaire. There's no way I can bridge this this idea to CrossFit. But if you start to say, oh, yeah, I can power walk, and I'm going to do that, you know, four times a week for the first month, and you start doing that, then after all, you go, huh, okay, well, now I can maybe start power walking with the little five-pound weights or something, right? You know, and slowly, it might take you a year before you build up. But you start to really see yourself differently after each level and then ask yourself, what's the next thing for me? What's going to take me to the next level? You know, if you're writing a book, maybe I start with a guest blog and then I move to something else and then I move to an article for an online, you know, um, website. I then move into maybe writing a chapter for someone else's book. Um, You know, like all these little tiny baby steps, build your competence. And then when you start to feel more competent at what you do, then you start to break down that resistance towards moving towards what you really want. Like, you know, at, at the beginning, for years, I talked about writing a book and never did it and procrastinated and procrastinated. And oftentimes, it's because we fear that social evaluation when it comes out. So that's how procrastination really is a manifestation, can be a manifestation of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. But now that I've written a book, I'm already talking about writing my next one. And there's very little resistance. And I think within six months, I can crank out another book. The last one took me four years. I think this one's going to take me six months because there's no resistance anymore. I've done it. I I know what to do. You know, sometimes it's not even just um, having the confidence. Sometimes you just don't know where to start. Right. 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 And that's exactly, exactly. I was actually just speaking with a younger professional today, a woman who's 26 years old, and she's just starting out on her own freelancing, and she was embarrassed to tell me that she took on a piece of work 
for only a couple of hundred dollars and that she knows that she's worth more. And I said, no, this is great. This is great because when you start off at something, you don't know your own value. You don't feel confident in it. And so let's get you a few pieces of business at a couple of hundred dollars and then you can get amazing feedback from from these people because you know you know let's hear the testimonials let's hear what they say that's going to give you the competence now to go charge the next bit and we don't want to go from $200 to $5000 you go up then to 500 and these and these baby steps it's this is actually exactly how i ran a marathon from 0 to 26 in 6 months as i started with 1 mile and then built it up so the the baby steps are totally where it's at and every baby step makes you feel like you're saying more competent, which makes you feel more confident that you can then take the next step. Go from the mile to the mile and a half, the mile and a half to the two miles. And then social support. I know you talk about a lot in your book as being really important for our self-doubt. What do we, in our self-confidence, the la- this is the last question for you. What do we do with the naysayers in our life and how do we build more people who will support us? Well, what we need to understand is that self-doubt is very socially constructed. We could be quite confident in something, and then we tell one of our best friends or whatever, and they go, really? You really think you can do that? And then all of a sudden, you're filled with Mm self-doubt. So that's one thing that people need to be aware of, that, you know, especially at the beginning of something, your confidence is very fragile. So be careful sharing it socially. And also understand that the naysayers might have a bigger effect on you than you knew. You know, researchers used to think self-doubt was only an inside job. It's really not. It's very socially constructed. We do have this very deep personal need to belong, you know, to want to fit in. If we don't think our friends are going to approve of something like this, then we might start doubting ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so just keep that in mind that... You know, be careful that you may be more sensitive to this social feedback than you realize. And once you know that, then whenever you have, you know, you want to stay away from the naysayers or understand who your naysayers are and say, okay, I get it. I know they're going to they're gonna be a naysayer. I know my mom always thinks all my ideas are bad ideas. You know, <laughs> I know my dad, right? You know, they mean well. They mean well. Um, Because they're just worried about you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But they could squelch your dreams. So you want to sort of keep them in a box and say, yep, I get it. They're just worried about me, but I'm not going to let whatever their opinions are of me stop me from where I want to go. God bless them. I will, you know, love you. I love you still. Thank you so much for your feedback. I'll take it into consideration and just move on into what you really want to do. And then, you know, have a really good group of people surrounding you who are going to encourage you for this dream or goal that you have. You know, just make sure. I mean, I use mastermind groups, which is, you know, you bring four people together um, every month. You know, we have two hours on, uh, you know, two hours together. We have half an hour on the floor, each one of us. We present our issues, goals, challenges, and then the other people give us feedback. And it's amazing. And I cannot tell you how powerful that has been to move my my uh, business forward and my uh, my 
you know, everything, all of my goals forward. It's very powerful to have people who are always on your side, always rooting for you. It's so important. And having you, Louisa, on my side and rooting for me has been huge. You are the person who has gotten me off the dime with my book, and I am so grateful. And your book has helped me so much. And I can tell you, um, because in one of my one of my women's groups, you know, I had them all read your book and a woman who has sat on a blog that she has desired to write for decades, for I think at least a decade. She is now taking the baby steps. And I just spoke to her again last night. And after reading your book two months ago, she has now written a couple of pieces. And it is really because you have get, you have given her the confidence, helped her conquer her self doubt in this particular domain, and so I am so grateful to you for me, I don't, for my own life. So grateful to you for my clients and for everybody out there. And so I want to make sure everybody knows where you can get Louisa's book. It is called Wire Your Brain for Confidence: The Science of Conquering Self Doubt. Of course, you can get it on Amazon and online, and Louisa Jewel. LouisaJewel.com. And of course, how to spell that will be in our show notes. And as you walk away today, everybody, remember these couple of purpose power tips. Number one, look at your self-doubt and allow it to be domain specific. And remember that just because you have self-doubt in one area of your life, don't let it seep into everything else. Use that one area of your life and begin to look for the evidence, remember our flower, and start looking for the little pieces of evidence for a new belief. So if you have a self-doubt belief that you will not get a promotion, ask yourself what is that belief that will have you actually take action and go for that promotion, and then remember to make the flower that Louisa told us of all of the pieces of evidence that support that belief. So that's number one for your purpose power tip today. A second purpose power tip is to surround yourself with people who believe in you. Find those four or five people, or at least just one, one person. And if you can't find anybody, then let that person be me. Email me and I will be your biggest cheerleader because we all need somebody who really believes in us and who knows that we can do it. And with that, we want to keep the naysayers in their box. It's not that they don't love us. They love us through worrying. But you want to surround yourself with people who believe that you can. And the last purpose power tip today is to take baby steps. Start small and let each baby step build your confidence. And so with that, you have been listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and with Louisa. We hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This has been so great. And I just want to finish by saying your book will be really well received. I know it. Absolutely (laughs) no doubt in my mind about that. I love you. Thank you, Louisa. I love you too. Love you, everybody out there. May you live with purpose. May you love your life. And may you have a beautiful day. Bye for now. Thank you.